We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the True Faith podcast. Um, exclusively for patrons, we are going to be doing a World Cup show tonight. Extravaganza. A World Cup extravaganza. I am joined by Norman Riley. Do you want to say hello? Hello. <laughs> and John. Hiya. John doesn't have a surname. So tonight is going to be sort of a look back, um, get us all in the mood for the World Cup, which is starting on the 14th. Um, England obviously playing Tunisia on the 18th um, to kick us off. Um, right then, so we're going to be looking at I'm gonna we're gonna take a walk down memory lane I think so I'm gonna start us off with Norman if you could talk a little bit about your favorite World Cup song favorite World Cup song well you see <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was asked that question initially you've got a, a cheat sheet uh, <laughs> the cheat sheet just prep just prep <laughs> to, to, be, to be prep man um, I think um, I think I was asked I think you maybe asked a few weeks ago about it and um, I remember the song it's difficult to see a favourite. I mean, you know, in terms of in terms of how good it is musically, I think there's only one. Or maybe actually, Dario G's a brilliant track as well. Dario G by um, by Dario G. Maybe no. <laughs> Dario G by Dario Grande. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's a fantastic, uh, lovely piece of uplifting music by France in '88. And um, I was going to say that, but then I remembered. Um, Far Away in America by The Village People <laughs> featuring the German World Cup squad <laughs> pre-1994 and um, if you haven't seen it then you can get it on YouTube it's it's basically the you know these kind of Teutonic hyper-masculine German men with you know all of the kind of early 90s German fashion you know you've got like some fantastic mullets in there you've got like a wonderful shell suit tracksuit they're all in the background and in front of them you've got the five probably in the 50s by this point village people <laughs> dressed up in the full village people clubber so you've got the cowboy the indian the builder the copper and then one of them what i can only describe as being a kind of like a, a subdom nazi tribute it's absolutely spectacular he basically looks like um like he's gone full full-on nazi and also i'm going to basically hammer nails in you because you enjoy it it's absolutely outrageous and i can't Recommended high, you know, and also the lyrics are pretty spectacular. Um, uh, it's it's just a, it's a, it's not even. I wouldn't even say it's a favorite World Cup song. It's probably one of my favorite songs. <laughs> it's out of this world. And That's so the video, extreme. the video. I mean, you know, like 
if you if you could only if you could see how how Jurgen Klinsmann's life's worked out, <laughs> out of everyone in that video, Klinsmann is by far the most enthusiastic. He is embracing the fact that you know he will be one day far away in America. Mm. Um, That's so nice. And you know, it's I mean, as as the village people see it, and as Jurgen obviously found out because he stayed there, it's a young man's paradise, and um, <laughs> it looked it looked fantastic. Yeah, Luther Matthias, it was a Matt, Matthias Sammer. Bearing in mind that he lived <laughs> under the oppressive East German regime for probably the first <laughs> 20 years of his life, was all of a sudden liberated. East Germany. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, it yeah. came out in 94, that song. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> On the reunification of Germany, going to the World Cup in the United States and dancing the village people for him was probably just I mean, the pinnacle of his life until yeah. that point. So I, that, that is my favourite World Cup song. And if you haven't seen it, then by God, have a look As at it. As an aside, my friend Saroosh thinks that... Um, Rasputin by Boney M is the pinnacle of human achievement. He doesn't think it gets better than that. <laughs> really? Yeah. All art forms, all culture yeah. that's ever existed. Quote, yeah. it's history and it's disco. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And second to that is Rasputin himself. He was the pinnacle of human achievement up until, up until the record, Rasputin. <laughs> he was usurped by Rasputin. The record about him. Fantastic. Oh, God. Digress. I, I, I do apologise. Could one exist without the other? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anything else? <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of World Cup music, no. no. <laughs> okay. John? <laughs> Not much to add to that. <laughs> okay, well, I do. No, well, do you do you have stuff? Where, you've got where's a favourite song? I, I did have a favourite song. I haven't got a cheat sheet. I thought I'd wing it. Um, the England World Cup song for 1990, "Love's Got the World in Motion," was absolutely exceptional. Tell us the story behind it, though. If for no other reason, then it's a really good song. First Brilliant off, song. Um, New Order at the time were probably at their peak. Um, the whole sort of cultural shift in the UK that had gone from sort of football hooliganism in the 80s to what eventually became the kind of premiership and, and slightly sanitised but a much safer place to go and watch football in the 90s. All of that kind of ties into everything that was going Manchester, on. Manchester, it is peak. Manchester, yeah. all that sort of stuff. What they brilliantly tried to do, um, instead of calling the song World in Motion, was try and call it He's for England. <laughs> which, which unfortunately... He's for England. He is for England, which got absolutely vetoed by the FA. Um, probably because they were off the tits when they pitched into them. Um, I love the idea of them trying to get John Barnes to rap, which he did excellently, whilst absolutely off their tits in 1990. So for me, that's my favourite one. I like nice. Peter Beardsley's contribution to it. it was, um, what was it? Uh, it was just Peter Beardsley singing. I mean, Aww. <laughs> what more do you want? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's quite nice. Yeah. I like Peter Beardsley. Well, I'm going to show my youthful age now. The fact that you're considerably younger than us. Yeah. Because I love... Oh, what's that? My cheat sheet. Um, Ant and Dex one from 2002. And that's because I love Ant and Dex. I was trying to like, think of that today. What is so it? So, we're on the ball. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, on the yeah, yeah. Like, Scalzi, Gerard, like that. And they name all that. And I also like that squad as well. What What was that? What World Cup was that? Like, 2002. Oh, 98 was Vindaloo, wasn't it? Yeah, no. Yeah, 98 was Vindaloo. It was a rehash of um, Three Lions as well. That's right. 
98, the official song was actually Cup of Life, Copa de la Vida by R- Ricky Martin. Another favourite of mine. I think I talked about it on the Cup last episode. Cup of Life. <laughs> I mean, that is me. That's <laughs> an Indiana Jones film. That's an Indiana Jones film. I yeah. love that song as well. That would be an official one. But I had such a soft spot for Ricky Martin. I hadn't realised at that time that, uh, which way he swang, so... This is the second time we've mentioned Ricky Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was on the last, pod- the last Exiles podcast, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And what? No, there's nothing wrong. I mean, Regular I don't think it's, yeah. a, it's like shake your bon, 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 bon. <laughs> Cup of Life's a great song. I also like that Shakira one, which was called... Which was one? Was it in, was it in South Africa? Waka, 2010. Waka. Did she yodel? Did she... Well, <laughs> I beg your pardon? Did she yodel? She yodels, didn't she? When she sings in English. Oh, did she yodel? <laughs> <laughs> that was the song. Did she yodel? I genuinely thought, did she yodel? No, it sounds plausible. It's called um, the something... Song Waka Waka brackets Waka Waka. Anyone listen to this? If you'd like to leave a comment underneath on share Shakira's song, and also, um, if you are listening, I mean, you, I guess you are because you know you, you've listened already. That's why I <laughs> answered the question. But um, please do leave your own oh yeah, leave yours. We'd love to engage with that. Yeah, and also I would love to watch a video because I'm always do, looking yeah, out for the next YouTube link. Yeah, always looking out for the next Village People song. Basically, yeah, of course is, you are. Yeah. Is my imagination, or was there in the late nineties? a World Cup song for England that involved the Spice Girls, Ian McCulloch and somebody else fairly trendy. I feel like there was a Spice Girls one, but I'm not sure. But I, I, think, I think that was just an episode of Jules Holland you watched. <laughs> it does sound like a bad episode of Jules Holland, doesn't it? I'm sure there was a really random collection of... Oh my God, England United. It was, was called. Right? It was a band they put together called England United. How does it feel... To be top, top of the, of the world. world. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Well, John, I'll tell you what. Echo and the Bunny Man, Ocean Colour Scene. Ocean Colour Scene. And the huh? Spice Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Echo and the Bunny Man and the Spice Girls on the same bill. I mean, yeah, that yeah. is an outrage. Huh? What was Ian McCulloch thinking? It's the lineup you never money. thought you wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was thinking of the money. Well, that's one we'll have to link. Once the England we... song is the the England song. I do I do recall it now. Yeah, yeah, it's up there with. Um... I've got such a soft spot for those two boys, though. I love them. I know... Is it a soft spot for Antec, or is it more of a soft spot for PJ and Duncan? Is it their alter egos? It's everything. It's everything. The full package. It's yeah. everything. You know, it, yeah. I feel like you can't separate them out. I don't think they ever beat the um, the classic album Top Cats. <laughs> cats, with, cats with a K and S, um, a Z is an S instead. I think it was a second album. The entire generation of illiterate Dodie's <laughs> group. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this has got nothing to do with the World Cups. So we, we, no. we must move on. We'll, yes. we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> right then. Um, favorite World Cup game you've watched, and why? John, you go first. Um, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? Um, I think the first World Cup I properly remember watching, sort of really being absorbed in all of it, was '94. But in terms of one of the best World Cups of the games, 98 was quality. Um, and the 2 all draw with England and Argentina, um, although it didn't necessarily go the way that England wanted, it was an outrageous game of football. Um, the, Michael Owen scoring the goal that he did um, at, what, 17, 18? yeah. Um, everything that went around sort of Beckham and being down to 10 men still giving Argentina a good game and all the history that had gone with Argentina and for me that was that was one of the best games in the World Cup I've seen and then actually the next game from that when Argentina 
got through on penalties um, and lost to the Dutch side that ended up making it to the semi-finals. Um, and was lost. that the Bergkamp goal? That was the Bergkamp goal, yeah, um, in the quarter-finals. Last minute, absolutely outrageous. And at that point, Bergkamp was probably certainly in the top three players in the world. Absolutely magnificent. Um, yeah, because you, you, you was like reinvigorated at Arsenal, wasn't you? It didn't work out for him particularly well in Milan, and he came to Arsenal under, under Bruce Riott, right? And yeah. then, and that and that that Dutch side actually was extremely unlucky to to go out. I think was it on penalties in the semi-final to Brazil because Brazil right. ended up. It was the final where Ronaldo, Ronaldo had, yeah, had, a, had a foot beforehand yeah. and couldn't play, and and then the French were maybe nailed on to win it all the way through. Um, but that Dutch side were absolutely Brilliant. outstanding. And considering what they'd done sort of two years before at Euro '96, where they'd been all over the place, um, and, and uh, an exceptional generation had come through from Ajax, um, and then some slightly older players um, like Burkamp as well. Now that was a great one, Argentina, Argentina, Netherlands probably. If I was taking England out of the equation, I, I, very, very good choices. I think Argentina. I'll look at two two games as well. I'll go for an England game in a, a non-England game. Um, okay. The England game, for me, would... I was going to say the 1990 England-Cameroon game. Um, 13 years old, remember watching it at home um, and just, you know, just kind of expecting England to breeze it and Cameroon almost winning it, really. Two-linning at penalties, got quite lucky. But um, I think... Um, <clears throat> 1986 England Argentina. I saw it. Like I saw that I was nine years old and I watched the whole thing. Um, Maradona's hand to God goal, followed by mm. that that sublime piece of I mean, football and genius. Um, and I remember, like as a nine-year-old, you know, like you you support your local football team. Might would have been Newcastle, but as a nine-year-old, you kind of you're not the the kind of emotion of it doesn't really hit you in the sense that you're absolutely bereft when you watch your team lose. But, but, but as a nine-year-old, you're more, it's more kind of an excitement of seeing the football itself. Mm. And obviously, I remember England going two 0 down and just being, like, just just being staggered by this Argentina side because Maradona was outrageous. Mm. The strip they were wearing was outrageous. The it was the sun was beating down in the stadium in Mexico. It was absolutely boiling hot, obviously, and and it just looked it looked like so alien to you know like a, a nine-year-old kid on a housing estate in in Gateshead. Mm. It was it was just spectacular. Yeah, and then Linnick pulled that goal back from a Barnes cross I think Yeah. and then a few minutes later he missed an identical chance and I remember at that moment feeling gutted and I think it's it's one of the first recollections I've got of being absolutely gutted by a football by a miss at a football match um, and then even going out and obviously the rest of the World Cup I watched Argentina in the semis against Belgium watched him in the final against in Germany and but, you know, it's, that's at the point where you think like you just realise how much you love football and you realise how much you love Maradona and um, aye brilliant and in an um, non-England match, um, nineteen ninety-four, Bulgaria Germany, two one to Bulgaria. Um, Germany had won it in nineteen ninety. They were kind of a bit of a waning force at, by, by ninety-four, really. Um, it was a we're seeing waning force. They won the Euros two years later, but um, <laughs> they'd, lo- and they'd, they'd lost in the final of the ninety-two. Was the 92. <laughs> <laughs> well, like for Germany, the win was in Germany. It was, it was yeah. yeah, it was a, re- a relatively weak side for Germany, and um, and they came up against Bulgaria, who had like this kind of once in a generation um, team. And Stoichkov had his absolute, like, kind of outstanding, brilliant player, brilliant player. And um, in Germany, scored with a Matthias penalty, obviously. Um, and then Stoichkov equalised, and an outrageous free kick. And then, and then one of the most iconic World Cup goals ever, I think. Lechkov's header. I mean, 
every time you look at it, you, you kind of look at it, you, you go to watch it on YouTube and every time you're thinking, I'm sure he was 20 odds out when he headed it. I'm sure he was 25 odds. <laughs> it's going to get the stage where he's going to start heading it from the halfway line. Um, and it was just just a brilliant, brilliant game. And again, boiling hot in the, in the States in the summer. And um, I just remember the kind of reaction of the commentator. Huh? That's it. Brilliant. That's nice. Very well done. Thank you. That was lovely. Thank you. I got quite lost yeah. in that. <laughs> yeah, that was really nice, Norman. Yeah, well... I mean, oh, we've, all, we've, all, we've all had a tab of acid as well before recording this. <laughs> well, <lovely. laughs> we do, we do that Probably that kicking in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, for what me, about you? For me, I don't have, I don't have two. I've got one, um, and it is Spain Netherlands when Spain won twenty ten one nil. It was amazing. It was amazing because I was in Valencia. So I'd like oh, nice. sported Spain secretly throughout the whole competition because I knew I was going to be in Valencia for the final and I thought it would be mint if they weren't. At the time, I really had no like sort of gauge on whether or not they would. And then competition progressed and I was like, this actually might happen. I might be there for the final. That'd be so class. And then it was, um, it was extra time. I was in this bar and I think Iniesta scored and the bar went fucking crazy like it was I've never seen anything like it It was so good late at night Valencia everyone like pissed and happy and tanned and beautiful and then and then the full time whistle got blown and and then everyone just poured into the streets and the game itself was relatively underwhelming until that goal and then I just I barely remember anything I ended up in hospital but not because of drinking uh, I'd been <laughs> bitten by mosquitoes <laughs> <laughs> that's a world cup memory to cherish you never there was one <laughs> but, uh, but I like kept putting on I was like I should go to the hospital but I'll put it off I'll stay in the street and party I ended up going get about four did or five did this bite turn into a massive lump on your leg it was several and yes wow I had to yeah, happy on antibiotics. I mean, that's a you know that's a memorable way to end the World Cup story. Yeah, it's what Iniesta would have wanted. Yeah. But it was honestly, it was just so good. I've never been. Do you remember the bar like you were in Valencia? Because obviously oh. I, I lived there for a while. I, I could probably point it out on a map, but I don't. And remember Valencia it, so. is like one of Spain's big capital <laughs> party cities as well. It's it absolutely was, brilliant. Oh, but it was crazy. You couldn't, you couldn't like streets were all closed because there were so many people in them. Everyone was like climbing monuments and just like like drinking. They had all their car like roofs down, and everyone was just like sitting on the back of them. It was so good. It was so much fun. And I'd love I just... to be somewhere. Like I'd love to be in a in a country uh, when like you know like any country where the, the team wins like a major kind of sporting tournament. Yeah. Just, just for that. Yeah. Like I was in Chile for the um, Copa America in 2011, I think it was. And I just remember this was like in the in the kind of uh, quarterfinals, and they were going they were going absolutely crackers. Mm. Now to be in Spain when they when they've won it, I mean, yeah, it, it was it, honestly like amazing. I never thought because I had my holiday booked for ages before the World Cup even started. I never thought they'd win necessarily, and it was just class. It was so good. Do you do you also remember the reaction in the ball when De Jong put his foot? Through Mo- uh, Alonso's chest. Do you remember that? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> the ref didn't send him. He actually had. He I remember that now. I absolutely brutal, that. wasn't it? It was. I mean, it was an absolute Van Bommel as well. Yeah. Absolute monsters they were. Yeah, the Dutch pure football had kind of yeah. died by that point, hadn't it? Yeah. Death must be an incredible thing as well to be in a country at that time when the World Cup for the first time, like France in '98. It'd be very hard if you kind of had a holiday booked for Germany this summer and 
Germany won it. For, uh, Germany won it. Won it but would it, would it be the same as being in Spain in Plus with Spain as well, they've always flattened. Can it? There, there must, there yeah, must be a bit of kind of trophy fatigue. Spain have all year, up until that point, they've always flattened. They've been one of the favourites. Even in the Euros beforehand, two years beforehand, it was still, the pressure was still on massively. It's like an entire nation hitting a release valve. Well, it's a once in a generation side, isn't it? That's Spain say. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how they're doing this this particular World Cup. Great place to be. It was. It was unbelievable. I was very lucky. Lucky to have been there. Apart from the mosquito bite. Huh? Well, more than that. More than one. I was very... I had antibiotics, cream and... Did you get dengue fever? I didn't get dengue fever, no. Dengue do get dengue dengue. I'll tell you what, though. I didn't know how to say... Mo- I know now that mosquito in Spanish is mosquito. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. at the time, I was like, I don't know how to say mosquito, so I just started <laughs> making biting motions with my hands. <laughs> the nose. Poor woman. Anyway, we'll move on. We will move on. Um, Norman, what's your favourite um, England player of all time? Well, I'm going to go... And you know what? It may, it may be controversial or some. It may not be for others. I'm going to go with David Beckham. Okay. And why? I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because Beckham, pretty much from the moment he broke through in that Man United side, he kind of came through in the same era as, like, you know, the Liverpool with a Spice Boys team in this world. Mm-hmm. Player, you know, player being elected in, in England, in Britain, there being this kind of this, this surge in optimism that, you know, cool Britannia, we're all going the right way, things are going to change for the better. Mm-hmm. And Beckham kind of got, he got, he got sucked into that, you know, and he started dating a, fam- like, you know, a famous pop star at the time. I mean, obviously, you know, that. They haven't just dated, they've gone and have like what's, you know, by all intents and purposes, an incredibly successful marriage. Like, if you, if you judge, if you judge a kind of people getting together, getting, you know, married and getting divorced, theirs has been spectacular and it's been lived in the public eye constantly. Mm. And from a very early age, regardless of the money that he was given, regardless of the decisions that he probably took on his own, like the amount of exposure that he got as a young kid was, mm. he was one of the first kind of Premier League genuine. Almost like there was a superstar footballer but who transcended football. He went into like he, went into, he, he became a world star. Then yeah. he became one on the world stage, mm-hmm. and he had all this pressure on him. And he went to the '98 World Cup, and obviously the '98 World Cup. You're seeing it now with Raheem Sterling, the jingoistic, tub thumping, yeah, yeah. horse shit, rule Britannia bollocks crap that the Sun and the Mail and the Arsenal newspaper spill out. They they put all this out and they put all this unnecessary pressure on because. They know that any kind of England failure, any kind of individual targeted, they'll sell, they'll sell units. Yeah. And Beckham was used in that way, and he had all this pressure on his shoulders. And in 1998, and by that, yeah, people kind of forget he scored that outrageous free kick against Colombia to take it through. Mm-hmm. He'd been a brilliant player up until that point, and he reacted as a young lad on a football pitch to, I think it was Simeone, right? Yeah. Was it? And Simeone is one of the wildest, most like. Brilliant players for getting a rise out of people in Simeone. He just did a number on Beckham. He did a number on him. Like, like, oh, like, you know, like it happened. Yeah. It happened. It happened. <laughs> it happened eight years later with them, um, Ronaldo and Rooney. Um, Simeone doesn't know exactly. And the vilification he got in the press was absolutely beyond the pale. Like, like disgusting. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm like you know, like David Beckham's greatest fan in the sense that I think you know, he's this amazing person. But I'm talking about somebody at that age who yeah. had that much thrown on him and that much grief given to him. To come back the way he did, yeah. Like to not let it end his career. It didn't end it. In fact, no. he went. He went on from then. He, he was stronger. He, in two thousand two, the two thousand two World Cup. Not only did he play brilliantly, he single handedly got England there through the group stages. Yeah. Um, that that free kick against Greece, was two one down, injury time. Yeah, he was captain by then. Was he was it? captain by yeah. that point. I oh, was captain by that point. Which so, itself yeah. is an incredible turnaround. Yeah, and, uh, and now, and now he's a. Uh, now he's like a, you know the kind of as as the male in the sun for example would call him a national treasure and I just yeah. think that um, 
I just think he's, he's my favourite player. Now, now, don't get me wrong, he was never the most naturally skillful player. Hard working, yeah. engine on him like you wouldn't believe, and also like incredible at, at get, being there at the right moments, mm. putting the right corner and putting the right free kick in, and uh, just just being a leader. And and that, that and that's why he's my favourite player. That's absolutely one hundred percent why it is. Why it is because he's he's just he gave everything, he gave everything, and that's you can't you can't really ask for more than that. Yeah, that is another another mesmerising one from Norman. Like that's just. I kind of I was gonna say I was gonna maybe say Shiva, but you can for it then. Well, no, n- not for any. I mean, not for not because it's a Newcastle podcast or anything like that. But I've just got a very big soft spot for him. Like, he's a good player, strong um, goal scorer, and I just think he was part of a squad that was really good at the time. I think the England side, maybe not. Maybe I'm just conflating him with our. No, nine, 98, I think ninety eight was a brilliant side. Ninety eight was the best England squad I've seen in my life. Right, yeah, by so. a mile. Yeah, yeah, so he gets my vote, but I don't know, maybe you're different. No, what about older? I, I, I think the advantage Shearer always had, if you had him in your team, was he, he he's always going to get you a goal. He was, yeah, he, exactly. he was world class, he was a genuine... He's goal scoring out for England's really good as well, he's got like one every two games, I think, for England. Forward, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's always sort of <laughs> slightly kind of dewy-eyed and misty to say Gascoigne, isn't it? Because That's what I was going to say. He only played in, 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 in one World Cup, but it was such a... Such an iconic World Cup, not because of the quality of the football, because of what England did and all the history that had yeah. gone before that in the eighties, yeah. um, and everything that kind of came after it. To not get the chance to do it at, at the World Cup in America in '94, um, essentially because he was injured. Because if he hadn't have been injured in the lead up to that, and they'd have been available for more of the games for Graham Taylor was manager, you'd fancy they'd have probably gone through the qualifying stages. It wasn't a particularly difficult, mm-hmm. diff- difficult group. Um, Euro '96 was 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 the moment where sort of Italia '90 kind of came to fruition. He was at home. It, 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 all of it sort of missed the eye of nostalgia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And '98 yeah. was was that moment. That was the moment where he was going to absolutely change a game, do something different, kind of fulfil his destiny, if you like. Um, and, Hoddle took that away from him. He took it away from him because he was in the public line going in the piss with Chris Evans and Danny Baker. Do you think? Do you think? And, and, and part of it as well. I do think in this country, everyone it, 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 it's sort of beautiful, beautiful failure, so near but yet so far. Mm. Talented genius, absolute but but tortured genius. As well. as it's almost better yeah. to believe the kind of myth than than, than and see him actually play it out what, and maybe not be it. Yeah. Do you think there's an argument though, like with uh, with ninety eight? And now I'm saying, do you think there's an argument? It's just an argument I'm making up right now on the spot <laughs> because it's just popped into your little tiny like head. It. It's good. Do you think like you know like um, like Hoddle, right? Like you've read Tony Cascuino's autobiography, which is a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant book. Cascuino, Cascuino's like a, you know he's, he's a massive swinging bell end if you listen to him on talks <laughs> book. But his autobiography is fantastic. He did write a good book. Well, yeah. someone goes wrote a good book. And, and for like, him. he absolutely slayed really. Hoddle. He slayed Hoddle. What's that? I think that was ghost roted. Ghost roted. Yeah. <laughs> ghost roted. Yeah. Ghost writ. Yeah. So yeah, he he, he slayed Hoddle, and like you hear like all these stories about Hoddle basically like um, being quite arrogant, you know. And and at Castrina said his first training session, like he was throwing the ball at people and asked them to trap it, and a couple of players couldn't trap. Him. He said, "Well, if you can't do that, you can't do anything." And then Hoddle proceeded to not only trap the ball but leather like a, a volley or something like that. And part of me thinks that Hoddle. He was so incredibly arrogant that, like, part of him didn't select Gascoigne because he's a little bit fearful that Gascoigne might have actually usurped him as being the main man in the squad, even though he was a manager. That, that, I'm totally speculating, yeah. 
But you know, you can't help but think that because Gascoigne at that point, don't get me wrong, he wasn't the force that he was. But like you see, it was like almost like his redemption. Yeah. It would have been like the the kind of final curtain call, and it would have given him this this kind of stage to go. And you know what? Like for all me, for all of his demons, it's the kind of situation that you put you, you put that Gascoigne in when he's you know when he when he was so bad when he was focused yeah. that mm. he could have just been brilliant and he and he would have been the, the perfect wild card. And it was just a yeah. you know like no no disrespect to any of the players who played in midfield in the. In the Argentina defeat, I think Batley was playing at that point. But <laughs> if you're penalty, you're, you're playing against Argentina down to ten men by oh, this point, the Euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Argentina down to ten men by this point, yeah. ninety years. You, you know, you bring Gascoigne on. You hadn't started the match, but you bring him on for extra time, and you just don't know. Um, but you know, it's all speculation. So, yeah, but he's, he is a brilliant choice because they're all they're all brilliant choices in in the in the for the final two that you've chosen. Both Jordies. Both Jordies. Both Jordies. <laughs> right. Well, um, I can't really argue with any of that. But what I would like to um, to flip it now, Norman, and I'd like to know what your worst England player is. <laughs> right, worst England player. <laughs> There's been some absolute belters over the years. I mean, some Graham Taylor gave caps. I mean, to be honest with you, how old was I at the time? I was 14, and I remember we played like a dads versus a lads match for the local boys of people reckoning. And I remember thinking the time, even at 14, thinking like the way Graham Taylor's gonna be stepdad, who was an absolute pile of shite at football. Probably got a call up for that tour. <laughs> you know, New Zealand, Australia. I mean, some of the places today, like, I don't even think they were professional footballers. I honestly didn't. But um, it has to be, um, for me, it has to be, uh, I hate to say because he wasn't actually a bad player, but like Carlton Palmer. Just, <laughs> what a spectacular, like going from like a midfield of like, you know, haven't, haven't they? It wasn't very good. You haven't Gascoigne <laughs> and Waddle in like this era of England players, and now you went like Robson, Waddle, Gascoigne, and I don't know necessarily playing the same position, but for him, like for Graham Taylor, totally, totally, like you get it when a new manager goes to a a team and he wants to um he wants to kind of make his own like stamp on the side, but actually systematically dismantle that 1990 World Cup squad and end up playing like a midfield of like, you know at times Gordon Counts who was a great player back in these days by the way but Gordon Counts Carlton Palmer Brian Dean um, mm. Brian Dean got machine and obviously <laughs> and obviously the most famous thing about Graham Taylor with Carlton Palmer is the um, <laughs> can we not knock it impossible job which if anybody hasn't seen it is available on YouTube and it's one of the all time best football documentaries they just follow Graham Taylor around for the failed um the failed climax of <laughs> qualification. Carlton! 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 Can we not knock it? I mean, this Can is, we not yeah, knock yeah, it? Yeah. This is the sum total yeah. of what English football had got to. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what about that. I'll Can tell you what, we not knock it? I'll tell you what about that, right? So, um, this, uh, the new um, uh, film on Bobby Robson um, that oh, yeah. uh, has been been produced by Gabriel Clark. Uh, yeah. There's a, a brilliant podcast Ooh. on it with, uh, yeah, with Alex and Wallace. Yeah, we've made a very good podcast. Um, you should check that out. Definitely check it out. It and check out the film as well. It's excellent. Oh, well, what, who's on? I tell you who's on there. Pep Guardiola's on there, and he spent a season with um, Robson at uh, Barcelona, mm-hmm. and he's talking about the influence that Robson had on in a positive light. And you just think you wouldn't get, and you know what? God, God rescue him, Taylor's soul. But um, you wouldn't get like, you know, someone like Pep Guardiola going and saying, "Yep." Yeah, Graham Taylor, <laughs> really contributed to Tiki Taka. Yeah. Can we not knock it? So uh, it's uh, it's very interesting to see that um, we ended up with Carlton Palmer, Tony Daly in the in the what in the about, side. Um, and I'm certainly, if what you're wondering is, I'm certainly not googling any of this. Right. right. But um, Michael Ricketts, terrible apparently. 
Oh my goodness me, that was a Sven, Sven, Sven Goran Eriksson. Oh yeah. Who did that World Cup song? Sven, 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 Sven Goran Eriksson. <laughs> Do you remember that one? No. Did you remember it? Oh. <laughs> Maybe I just made it up. I think you might have made it up. <laughs> I'm sure I didn't. But, but yeah, mate, I mean, Michael Ricketts had like a well, he had like a decent season on holidays at Bolton. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, yeah. He, did he not play against Holland, maybe? I think he had a, an assault charge against him. Oh, well, that's probably why he got selected. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, he yeah, yeah, anybody yeah, for yeah. Sven, Sven Gorenhausen, um, probably a well-known fact, um, was um, a wear out of a raised shoe because he didn't feel comfortable with his height. Really? Mm, I believe I, I, so. I, 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 I believe so. A raised shoe and you yeah. know what? Um, and I, one one day I'll, I'll get away with Cuban heels, I think, but I'm just not quite there yet. I like the idea that we're not calling them heels, just a raised shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think Cuban, Cuban heels suggest something flamboyant. <laughs> no, 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 about, no, no, nothing this about is, Sven that's this, flamboyant. No, 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 it's exceptional love life. Functional. There's nothing you could call. <laughs> exceptional love life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't, yes. can't imagine Sven in yeah, a Cuban yeah. heel. For a man who looked like the T-Fall man on crack, oh my God. He, um, he did well in the love stakes. You're... <laughs> You're like what people look like is ridiculous. It's getting more and more ridiculous. The T-Fan man on crack. Yeah. Spengler and I mean, I think it's perfectly, perfectly fine to say that. Um, okay. So sorry, John. You're uh, the worst England player. Yes, John. You've thrown me right off now. Um, again, with absolutely no, um, no kind of prep for this. I definitely remember Darius Vassell played a couple of times. Vassell became an important part Vassal of Ericsson's squad. Vassal. Depends, Vassal. It depends, what you, de- depends what you're using him for. Pour <laughs> <laughs> a beer in that man. <laughs> and, um, get me a Darius. A Darius of beer. Oh, sorry, a, a, a Vassal of beer. <laughs> Did he go to a World Cup? He went to the 2002 World Cup, I think. I remember him scoring a very spectacular looking scissor kick against the Netherlands in a friendly. That's great, and Ricketts been in that game. It might have been the same one as Ricketts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might have been the yeah. same one as Ricketts. Yeah. Um, so he was bad. I vaguely remember, I think, Stuart Ripley possibly playing against San Marino. When San Marino scored after like when 10 San seconds. When San Marino scored, but again, I don't He did, my friend, he did. a World Cup. He did. If you looked at the sort of England, England World Cup. Seth score, Johnson? He never. Did yeah. he? He, um, he, November 2000, only called it once, but... God, Richard Wright. There's a classic Richard Wright. <laughs> oh, I mean, you talked about Franny Jeffers played against Australia. That's right. Um, David Nugent scored, and actually scored in a qualifier, I'm pretty sure. Against yeah, Andorra? Andorra. But, was he, but he, he tapped it in on the lane, didn't he? He tapped it in on the lane. Goal off Domain Defoe. That's right. That's um, right. England's worst ever player. It's a very hard one to pick, isn't it? Because it's it's just it's, a, a litany it's, 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 of yeah. unfulfilled potential. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think can't remember any potential to be honest. I think with there's you. so much mm. there's so much in the in the calling up that is like speculative, isn't there? Like yeah. like oh I've seen this person do this and I think they have so much potential here and and I'm such a good manager I'll be definitely be able to get that out of them and then and then it's and, and then of course if they belong to excuse me your club or club you're close to you're like well absolutely that was the right decision also there's also another argument as well is that so there's a kind of debate of does a manager pick players on form does a manager pick players on form 
Um, or does he pick them on who he thinks are the, better, the, the most talented? Yeah. So what happens is you get like a Michael Ricketts situation where this kid's banged in like what 15 goals for Christmas. Ricketts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Ricketts syndrome. <laughs> we got, we got a Ricketts situation here, people. We got a Ricketts situation. We need got to solve the um, that. Yeah, we got it. We've got a case of the Ricketts syndrome. Um, so he goes, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll pick him. He's got 15 goals for Christmas. Of course he's doing well. But it's the only it's the only period in his in his career that he's exactly, actually done this. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you put him on a stage, and it, and it's really the. The, the reality pressure, is, yeah, it's, the pressure is yeah. enormous. Like you can't underestimate that at all. I don't think I would be able to like as as large as this podcast fan base is. I don't think I could just go straight onto the national radio. You know, like it's it's a huge audience and it's a huge um, uh, honour, really, for a lot of them. Like to be called up and to do that in your career. So. And to also have the press vilifying you because exactly. they want you, they want you to feel. I always thought that. So there must have been a, a, a period, probably around the time with with Beckham. That I was just assumed there was going to be an English player that came through, someone like a Wayne Rooney that was a sort of once in a generation mm. type that would look at what's gone before and gone, "Fuck this! I'm not doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm loved by my club. I'm. I play in Europe. Everybody likes me. I'm not. I'm not." putting myself through that yeah, yeah, for the yeah. sake of people that make a but, judgment call on me after 15 minutes and call me shit uh, for the rest of the season why but then but then i suppose the i suppose the attraction is is that if you get it right then you are basically yeah yeah you're like uh well it's a, you're a hero aren't you you're a hero well on that poetic note i'm going to move us slightly on um okay so we've done worst england player um I would I would be interested to know instead of move, moving away from England I think uh, John what would your favourite World Cup team oh he looks terrified we don't have to go John but uh, oh no now he wants to mouthful of lager what would your favourite uh, World Cup what's your favourite World Cup team apart from England if indeed England is your favourite favourite World Cup team um, it's hard to look past it's hard to look past the winners, isn't it? But I suppose that's the whole point of a World Cup, isn't it? Like everyone mm. looks at sort of France '98 and what you were saying about like Spain in 2010. Yeah. Anything, it's always going to appeal to me if it's got this sort of backstory to it, where it's about pulling a nation together and and, and genuinely changing sort of how people look at football and culture and all that sort of stuff. Um, the Spanish side that that won the World Cup were really quite outstanding. Mm-hmm. I, the 2010. I, yeah, yeah. I've, I've not seen... I can't remember seeing anything. I remember Norm saying how fucking boring they were. I'm not <laughs> a fan of Tiki Taka. <laughs> but, but it was because... I'm over pros on holidays, man. But, but they utterly <laughs> suffocated sides by, by being so fantastically yeah. good in possession. And they yeah. weren't particularly quick about it. But it was like yeah. nothing I'd seen before. They, they could pass teams to death. Oh, I absolutely. Absolutely pass teams to death. Utterly yeah. suffocated. Well, that's what the final, that final game was, was exactly like. And, and for me, I, 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 it was like nothing I'd kind of seen before. Oh, I mean, um, it was it was completely fucking unique. Like, there's no two ways about it. I, I just, um, I almost got bored that they were, they were too good. The yeah. fact that they were that good, I got bored with it, and, and it was a little bit. Um, it, at times, it was kind of painful to watch because it almost took the competitive element out of the game. Did. You know, and actually, but in terms of their ability, no doubt they're brilliant. And actually, to go completely 180 on that, hated <laughs> um, <Eight of> them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, but I was saying before, wasn't I? The, the, the team from the last World Cup that I, I massively got an affinity for was Chile. 
just simply because they were everything that Spain yeah, were. Yeah, and they ended yeah. up knocking Spain mad, out, but because does. they just absolutely, they were 110%, threw themselves into everything. They, they, they wanted it so much. Yeah. And, and, and maybe I suppose that's just... Because the World Cup comes around every four years, it's probably a reflection it of does what's what? the... Does it? Comes around every four years. I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably a reflection of what is the the overriding way people play football at that particular absolutely. time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and Barcelona were dominating at a time when Spain were dominating and Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe Chile kind of came through at a time when that sort of possession football was, was moving to one Yeah, well, no, the, kind, was, the kind of like the, the sort of um, the, the kind of Klopp Pochettino style That's of football. That's it. The sort of, they, they press hard work, fitness, bang, 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 yeah. bang. It's very, very different. But I think I think that almost like very good. like worked to their detriment in the long term because whilst it worked so well that uh, World Cup, like you say, it's something you've not seen before. Uh, it was it was like a ta- a tactic that then everybody had seen by the next World Cup yeah. and Spain didn't do nearly as well. Yeah, no, they've been found out. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. That's exactly. So it. Gave up their their hand quite early on. Well, not early on, but you know, like I I was really excited about that side going back into twenty fourteen and. And I thought they then they were knocked out pretty, pretty relatively early. I think. Was it the, the first group game where they played the Netherlands? Um, and I think they went one 0 up through a penalty and looked like they were just going to pass them to death. And then Van Persie scored an outrageous diving header just before half time. I think the Dutch went on to beat them five one or five two. Yeah, five um, one. Absolutely hammered them. But they oh, did. So they they did exactly that. It was about, it was very you? kind of Klopp style like press people work yeah. hard work hard work hard hit them on the break every, it wasn't um, about passing teams to death and it was almost like a sort of yeah, change yeah. Yeah. Every, um, every 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 revolution every revolution is the most radical until the next revolution yeah you know now we're talking that's the crack that is, that, yeah. that is what it is the all, all these all these kind of huge shifts in any and anything in life like in, in sporting events in football uh, 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 that they are they are like the kind of the, the cutting edge until I'm not gonna say a Van Gogh but I will. They are the Van Gogh until until the next Van Gogh comes along and um and, and that's gonna obviously we'll we'll do a there'll be like a a, a TFA World Cup preview and then it'll be spoken about like what kind of tactics people are gonna play. Mm-hmm. But me, I'm gonna drag in my favourite World Cup team here by the way. I've just I've just totally and utterly taken over. No. No, please. Um, Norman, I would like to know what's your favourite <laughs> World Cup team? Yes, apart from England of course. Apart, apart from England of course, because uh, you know I'm a die-hard England fan. Yeah. Um, Got a big St George's flag on your face. Face, yeah, <laughs> on your yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tattooed in between my two eyes, huh? Manson style. But, um, That's nice, that. Um, I've got um, my, my favourite team, and I, we, we, me and John were talking about this before you uh, before you got here. Right. And uh, just because we're trying to put it together, you know how we do it. Yeah, yeah. But um, it was, it, it, oh. it, it's Cameroon 1990. Cameroon 1990, and I'll tell you why. Please do. Because. So again, I suppose it, it ties into yeah how you how you are as a kid, and you know you kind of you yeah this kind of blank canvas on you, and you you're just soaking in things. You're soaking up the kind of like the all the kind of influences you've got, all the sociological influences, just everything that's that's in your life at the moment. And and for me, like the '86 World Cup, it, it opened up like Mexico or someone like, seeing pictures of this, yeah, this country yeah. outside the world all this this sunshine these like, these Brazilian bands these Mexican bands all this passion and like I ended up like spending I've ended up spending quite a lot of time in, in South America in, in learning Ooh. Spanish and I think because I got kind of fascinated with it at such a young age 
And um, I mean, don't be wrong, we went to Cameroon. I was going to say, because Cameroon. of Cameroon what in I mean 1990. Is, is that at the age of... That's what led me to Chile. <laughs> when I was 13. Um, but at the, um, at, the, at the age of 13, like, to, to see, like, uh, an African team up until... Who up until that point really... Born in mind Cameroon 82 didn't lose a game, but I suppose they were, they were kind of seen as a bit of a... Um, it, it was almost it was kind of like almost like a still like a kind of neo-colonialist attitude towards them as if they, they, they were like they were like these like inexperienced immature yeah, yeah. like you know these you know these oh like these Africans you know they kind of defend they're a bit crazy and then this the Cameroon it just, team a, a total lack of yeah. understanding it was complete yeah. that's it you yeah. can, you, you total lack of understanding yeah, that's exactly what it was <laughs> and, um, and uh, John's shirt just burst open the, the thought John, the thought of me talking about Roger Miller John is so but, excited um, is exposing himself but um, this so this this Cameroon team. <laughs> The first game they played against the World Cup champions, Argentina, who had Maradona on the scene. And Argentina weren't a good sign in 1990. I mean, Maradona might, we might go into this, but he single-handedly dragged them to the final. And, um, but Cameroon had two men sent off. They had one of the most outrageous tackles ever by Oman <laughs> Beek on... Um, <laughs> I think it was Oman Beek, was it? Or did he score? But anyways, it nearly killed Kanija yeah. twice. Nearly Claudio killed Kanija, him. that's um, right. But yeah. the, that game, even though they won, it was still kind of like, oh, it was still kind of a bit of a joke. Like, they won it... They won it by Terrible being outrageous. Out, uh, well, yeah, but then they went and they beat um, they beat Colombia two one, and Roger Miller like this. He was thirty eight at the time, and he'd been really good in eighty two. He scored a couple of goals, and he thought, oh, they're through the second round. They won't get through. And then they won in the second round. Oh, was it actually Colombia that beat in the second round? I think, and they got in the quarterfinals against England. And um, and I genuinely thought that at this point, oh, I still think we'll win. But they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant, and they kind of just, yeah, they just. They were the, the team that, like, um, I think people made people sit up and go, like, Africa are going to produce a World Cup winning team within the next sort of 30, 40 years. Yeah. And, um, and for me, as a kid, to see a, a country like that do so well, it was just, it, it was just kind of the, it was almost mythical, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, um, for me, it's probably going to have to be, like, the, the Spain side that I, I've already talked a lot about that, um, about why I love that. Um, I probably I've also got a real sort of romantic preoccupation with um, South America, Latin America. So I, I like Argentine sides oh, and, yeah. and Chile and and um, Mexico. The Mexico away strip. This oh, someone's fallen off their bike there. Um, the Mexico away strip this season. This uh, World Cup's great. Anyway, uh, that sort of I've just got a sort of like sort of a. a Che Guevara motorcycle diaries like uh, obsession with it so but I think South America I think I think a lot of people have, like South America almost like South American countries almost represent the World Cup it's like you can your association with the Cup all these the South American so, fans for a start yeah. you know the, the cameras pan on them it feels like, like it matters more yeah, to yeah, yeah it does, and it like, does. like in a sort of synesthetic way um, not synthetic synesthetic like the colours of like the World Cup it's just such a colourful event yeah. And South America and Central America are such colourful places that I really, like, I really associate them in that way. I agree. I, well, I couldn't agree more because obviously I'm massively fascinated with South America. Yeah. And you're right. Um, even like even as a kid, and you, you'd see like um, the, the camera pan out to like Brazilian fans celebrating, and it would just be this wave of this kind of this yellowy gold and blue and like the fans just like you know like mm. looking really passionate and you'd see the Columbia team with that like uh, do you remember the one with the yeah the, the kind of away, yeah. it was like the, the eagle had kind of fallen off I mean it's just, yeah you're right they're, 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 they're to me when I, when I think of the World Cup I suppose I'm almost automatically drawn to like visions of South American fans mm. celebrating mm. Uh, here's one for you though right 
in your lifetime, can you remember a decent Brazil team? Because there's That's this sort of mythical it? thing about Brazil, Being isn't it? So and, great. And, and 1986 were brilliant. They lost in the quarter. Exactly. They were brilliant. They lost, they lost in the quarters. Um, and, and, and I never saw them. Every Brazil side I can remember, they've had a huge amount of hype around them. Almost always world-class players. Because I think, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, like they're still the one twice in your life, they're, they're not, to be they, fair. They absolutely have, but there's been nobody that's... that's it's that not the sum of its and, parts, is it? Because Brazil, like, they sort of... You see so many excellent individual Brazilian players and then you don't see... The Brazilian side knock it out of the park. You don't see them absolutely like mullah teams. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, you don't see them do what Spain like, did, basically, and they like kind of just dominate teams. Was it the next one? Was it 2014 that Germany won? That's right, the yeah. last one, all right. Uh, like seeing them like that was like bulldozing other teams. Oh, I mean, that, that was beautiful in itself. Yeah. That was a complete dissection of a football team. Completely. I mean, like, yeah. That, like, you, do, you just don't sit, like, you, and you're right, you do kind of expect that you sort of. Joga bonito, you expect them, yeah, joga bonita, the, the, you know, that, that beautiful football, yeah, every, every, there's always a kind of hype built up with them, and, 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 but the thing is, they're a team of, usually a team of like three or four world-class players, and then they're kind of susceptible, but the, the, the world-class players are so good and so, so far above lots of other players, it's almost like you forget that actually this is, this is like, like a 24-man like, squad, this yeah. is like an 11-a-side team, you know what I mean, you can't just... I mean, Mar- Maradona, for me, and Mike Lightning was the only player who was actually dragged the team. Oh, oh, Zidane, Zidane, France 2006, maybe, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, maybe Baggio in 94. Yeah. That, that wasn't the best. Yeah, but you're still in Italian defence, though, you see. Yeah, That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're digressing again, haven't we? Oh, sorry, right, right, mate. We're, oh my. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking football. We're here to talk football, so that's fine. Um, was there any other wild cards that you guys wanted to talk about? Do you have anything, Norman? Well, I had... Um, it, what in terms of that particular question or just a wild just a wild card in terms well, of world cup? wild card but if you've got in that terms of that question <laughs> any other business <laughs> uh, not that question but in terms of wild card in sense of the greatest ever player that I've seen playing in the world cup we, we spoke about our favourite England yes, players yeah, in general not um, England then it, it, for me you know like, again um, you know with with the um, with the benefit of being older is it a benefit it's not of course it, it is look at you it's a it's shit it's a, it's a benefit when you're talking about how many World Cups you've seen uh, but it's a shit thing in terms of like your physicality because your body starts deteriorating rapidly and it's quite depressing but we're not going on this okay. podcast <laughs> well, that's a podcast <laughs> that's, that's, not that's really a different what, podcast by wild um, card, it's quite nicely to Maradona definitely <laughs> with wildcard yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. mean so let's yeah, yeah. now we're no, that, that's a conversation with my wife as opposed to like a, a broadcast podcast <laughs> that's exactly it? right yeah. yeah so if you could keep um, football all right, um, we're going to football, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and anyhow, um, Diego Maradona. I mean, yeah. I saw him in '86, '1994, and all three were completely different. Like, I mean, like the the kind of up and down aspects of them matched matched him. I mean, this is a this is a kid from like one of the roughest areas, yeah. not not in Argentina, not in Buenos Aires, in the world. I mean, yeah. this is a kid from Boca in Argentina. This is a a dicey place. I mean, it's it's. The, it's massively touristy <laughs> now, obviously, because Doing what I did. it's massively touristy around the Bombonera for like one or two streets, and it's still really ropey. Um, you know, it's one of those places that you think, well, you're not really recommended to go there after a certain time, not to go and then you own, blah, blah. But he was there, he was brought up there as a kid in the 60s and 70s, and he was, you know, I think he was at the, I think he was in the 78 World Cup squad, actually, Maradona, and he missed the 82, as a young lad, and he missed I the 82 one been, yeah, yeah, yeah. with injury. And by 86, you know, he'd already won a title with Napoli, he was the greatest player on earth at the time. Yeah. And, and he did it at that World Cup in 86. Uh, the, the goal against England, the hand of God goal, let's take that out of the equation. The second goal was outrageous. The goal against Belgium in the semis was outrageous. The the goal against England in the sense that England defeating Argentina, like what, two and a half, what, three years after the Falklands War ended, it was mm. it was huge to Argentina. And he, and he was brilliant. And that, but he was part of a brilliant Argentina side. But 1990, by this point, obviously, you know, he's like, he's neck deep in cocaine and, you know, 
um, <laughs> let's say, like, less than salubrious <laughs> nightlife he probably was living. Less in adapted than, uh, to Neapolitan living. living. Yeah, yeah. Less than salubrious. And the kind of muscular, like, short, Framed man yeah. from '86 at dinner a little, little yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. He took a little fat crockhead basically. Crockheads and the olives, yeah. Oh, we've got some crockheads here. Thank you so much. Um, oh but '99, the Argentina team by this point know. was awful. We've just had a, we've just had the um, the barman come over there and drop off a load of uh, olives in there, croquettes, and take the glasses to the noise. But um, so Maradona. By 1990, Argentina were a were a, a really um, there you are, a really terrible side, and um, the the World Cup itself and, and, and I mean basically the back pass rule came out of the 1990 World Cup because mm-hmm. it was such a miserable World Cup, and Maradona through his kind of coke addled brain mm. um, managed to drag that Argentina side to the World Cup final, um, Crazy, and isn't it? they came up against the most functional German team ever and lost from an Andreas Bremer penalty, um, and then in 1994 he kind of made this comeback at the age of 33. He scored an outrageous goal against Greece and then his celebration was basically you know you see those videos of like like kids at like um acid house like all night at all weekenders in like the late night in the sort of late eighties, early nineties. Mm. And their faces are just absolutely off like, very well, off this planet. Yeah. I mean Maradona was off his face and he got uh, that was it really, that was it after that, he got that drug test now he was done, but he's he's not only my favourite World Cup player, he's just he's my favourite player ever. absolutely he's an absolute miracle of a of a player. Yeah. That's so nice. Miracle of a player. He was. I hope someone calls me that one day. Right then, so we're going to round off our World Cup extravaganza, I believe we called it, with a quick fire round of um, best favourite goal. Favourite goal from any World Cup. Uh, John, go. Um, uh, Saeed or Wan Ran in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabia against Belgium if I only had to pick one okay if you one. had to pick another if I had to pick another I would probably say Michael Owen oh no that's my 98 oh he's singing in prep with him prep he made Argentina. me take another Michael Owen instinct you see that's what happens when you rely on instinct there's three of you, you may, both you might have the same instinct and Norman for me well the first one is Josima <laughs> Oh, everyone, you can see his um, face. Josie Mar against, uh, well, against Algeria, but take your pick. You did pretty much a similar one against Northern Ireland. Same group game, 1986. There's Jennings. Um, yeah, absolutely, Jennings, yeah. absolutely out of this world. And also, same World Cup, um, Manuel Negretti. Overhead kick, I think, against France for Mexico. Was it against France? Maybe against Russia. Um, or the Soviet Union, as it would have been then. Yeah, but if you, have, if you haven't seen them... Jeez, I was no just about to pull you up on that. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen them, you can get them all on YouTube. Um, yeah, those three goals are just out of this world. Right then, well, uh, on that note, we'd love to hear what your favourite goals of the uh, World Cup um, stuff that's happened is. Games, I guess, if we're going to be technical. Um, comment, tweet, at TF Weekly Pod. Um, I'm at Charlotte Hope. Uh, Norman's at Like the Goat. And John isn't. And... Um, and yes, uh, we would love to hear from you. But that is us signing off, I think, on our World Cup extravaganza. We'll be back, I think, probably next week doing a World Cup preview or something looking a bit more forward than back. Um, there's going to be a few more podcasts out this week. I think there's going to be some uh, World Cup commentary on on, th- on games that are starting in the next 10 days. And do keep uh, looking. And if you've enjoyed it, tell your friends to subscribe. Paka, paka. Thank you very much.
Пока, пока. Пока, пока. Спасибо. Спасибо. Пока, пока. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.